Story number one. A Human Nursemaid Part 3 Written by Tim Penzee writes Florence swam in unconsciousness, jostled by the waves of memories, spray and mist clouding her vision, making discerning her surroundings difficult. She shook her head and tried to roll over, but instead her body floated tetherless. Miss Flo, the words were sea foam in the waves. Miss Flo, the baby's crying. It felt more solid this time, like someone that she could latch on to, but it was too fuzzy to make out. Just out of sight, hovering at the corner of her vision, the baby. Florence shot her eyes open and then sat up so fast that she knocked Hector over in the process. Quickly, making sure Hector was alright, she reached over and picked up Millie, who'd been lying on the forest floor beside her. The pain in her shoulder flared up. It was hard for her to tell whether it was from the cold or the fact that the rest of her body hurt so much now that the pain felt different. Old. Grabbing food and water out of her bag for Millie, she directed Hector to do the same. After Millie was done eating, she took out a stick of butter. Millie hadn't eaten as much as Florence would have liked, but there was nothing to be done about that now. Unwrapping the butter... Florence stared at the unappetizing block of tempered yellow butterfat hesitantly, then took a bite. Flavor exploded in her mouth. It was the most delicious thing that she'd ever eaten, rich and creamy with small prick of salt. She never tasted anything so good. Apprehensively, she looked at the label. It was actually salted butter. She swallowed it down with glee. Before she could take another bite, a voice sounded out through the forest from the direction of the city. The hairs on the back of her neck stood up. A faint glow of flashlights darted across the forest behind her, searching. Come on, Hector, she said in a rush, while she shoved everything back in the bags. We have to go now. Florence tried to stand, stumbling, shaking it off as clumsiness. She tried to stand again, but fell once more. She couldn't get up. Her legs wouldn't let her. She moved her legs around, testing them out. To her horror, her legs were hardly working at all. She couldn't run away, beams of light fitted through the tree lines, illuminating bright patches in the dark night. Scurrying over to the nearest tree to hide from the lights, her eyes darted around, searching for something, anything that she could do. Too cold to think, she panicked. Her mind was frozen, she was too tired, her body too hurt, and she couldn't do anything. Hector climbed onto her lap and hid his face on her chest. Lauren struggled, lifting her knees up and wrapping her arms around both Hector and Millie. The voices were close now. Hot tears streamed down Florence's face. She could feel Hector's whimpering in her arms. The voices grew closer still. She could make out two distinct voices now. They were both Corneans. Her heart tried to beat out of her chest, frozen with fear. Some deep part of her mind started screaming. She had to do something, anything. Primal instinct took over, and she quickly started gathering all the bags in close. Okay, Hector, she whispered. We're going to play hide-and-seek now, okay? So, I need you to be really quiet. Remember when we used to play at home? Just like that. As quiet as you can. Don't make a noise, understand? She forced herself to stop talking. She was rambling. And so, Florence sat there holding the only two things in the whole world that she cared about as the Gunaeans approached. Closer and closer the Gunaeans came, laughing as they walked. Florence held her breath, waiting for the moment that they would find her. Plans sprouted in her mind. 
she quickly hand Melita Hector and tell him to run. Somehow, she would hold them off long enough for the children to escape. She had to protect them, whatever it took. Her heart was racing. The Gunaeans rounded the tree and kept on walking, right past them. She couldn't believe it. The Gunaeans walked on, Florence losing sight of them through the trees. She let out a slow, tentative breath, still scared that they might hear her. That was too close for comfort. They had to get out of here before the Ghanaians came back. They were both carrying hunting rifles. Hector, get off, she said. We have to get going. Once Hector got off of Florence, she flexed and stretched her legs to try and get something to try getting to work again. Her muscles were like a bundle of dry leather and old rubber bands. Using a tree for support, she managed to get up onto unsteady legs. She bent down to pick up Millie's day bag, using only her back and abs. Florence bit back a grunt. Her back and abs may not have been hurting as much as her legs, but they still hurt. Fully standing, she let go of the tree. Her legs were trembling but held. She could support her own weight. Taking a small experimental step, she managed to stay upright. Hot lead filled her legs, but they moved, and that's what was important. They had to get away from there. The two Ghanaians could come back at any time. Staggering from tree to tree, Florence, Millie, and Hector made their way through the forest in the same direction the two Ghanaians had come from. Running simply wasn't an option anymore. Florence needed to find another mode of transportation. At the edge of the forest, she saw what she'd been looking for, an old Ghanaian truck sitting at the end of the forest road. Inspecting the surroundings, she waited until she was sure that the truck was abandoned probably belonging to the Ghanaians that had passed him in the forest. Quietly, she approached with Hector carefully to not be seen by any other Ghanaians that she may have missed. With bated breath, Florence pulled the handle of the driver's side and the door popped open. Sighing with relief, she lifted Hector into the car's passenger seat and placed Millie in his arms. Florence climbed into the driver's seat and gingerly shut the door. Those Ghanaians didn't just walk through the forest for no reason. They must have heard Millie crying. That meant that they were in a hurry and possibly... Reaching into the cup holder, Florence felt the car's identity card, a smile blooming across her face as she stood the card in. The truck roared to life. Unfortunately, the inside of the truck was designed for someone much larger than Florence. Improvising... She adapted and overcame her size disadvantage by using one hand to steer and the other to operate the accelerator knob. She navigated the truck out of the forest, which proved more difficult than she'd expected. Florence was out of practice. She hadn't driven since Earth. Slowly, she got back into the groove and made it out of the forest. The drive was nerve-wracking. The seatbelts were too large for both herself and Hector, and they were driving without headlights for stealth. Normally, Florence would have never done anything so rash and unsafe, but she had to keep Millie and Hector safe. However, despite her attempts at stealth, the trunk engine made enough noise to wake the dead. To compensate for the lack of seatbelts, Florence was extremely careful braking, turning, and accelerating as they made their way out of the forest and onto the main roads. Thinking about her survival, she headed to the one place that she knew humans would be the human zoo. With each species having different dietary requirements, including humans, most species governments found it was easiest to have a species food centrally located in a strategically chosen location, 
on worlds where their people lived. A lot of times these were placed in embassies, but the human food store was placed in the human retreat. Most humans got pretty homesick after a while, so these retreats had a wide variety of human foods, entertainment, and drinks. But most importantly, it had other humans. Florence had only been to the human zoo a couple times. She didn't particularly like it there. It lived up to its jokingly given name as most humans used the place to let loose. Florence preferred a nice, quiet evening with a book over a night of raucous partying. It was still dark when they pulled up in front of the human food store. Flipping the headlights on, Florence quickly flipped them off again. Her eyes darted to a passenger seat. Hector was looking at Millie. Thankfully, he hadn't seen anything. The human zoo was charred husk of its former glory. Racial slurs were scrawled all over the face building. She was sure, but she thought she might have also seen people hanging from the trees out front, lynched and burnt into oblivion. She reached up and followed up back down. She couldn't lose her stomach. Wiping her mouth, she paused. Something was tugging at the back of her mind. Stealing herself, she made sure that Hector wasn't looking and then flipped the headlights back on. Trying to look but not see, the baby managed to flick the headlights off as Hector looked up. He looked at her expectantly, Millie happily resting in his arms. She smiled back at him comfortingly, the thing that still tugging at the back of her mind until suddenly it snapped into place. Someone had spray-painted 911 onto the side of the building. 911 wouldn't mean anything to Ghanaians, and it was an old earth expression. That meant that the human must have put it there, a hidden message that she needed to solve. They clearly weren't telling her to go to the police or firefighters, since they were all Ghanaians. That could only mean one thing. They were telling her to go to the hospital. Of course, how had she thought of it earlier? The Xeno hospitals were the perfect place to go. Each species had different anatomies that it would be impossible to expect local hospitals to care for all the off-borders, so major populations hubs had at least one hospital that specialized in caring for Xenos. Someone had written 911 on the side of the human zoo, knowing full well that the only human would realize it pointed them towards a hospital. Glass shattered behind her. Instinctively, Florence threw herself over the top of Hector and Millie. Another loud bang came from behind the truck, followed by a metallic ping from the truck's roof. Someone was shooting at them. Pulling herself back into the driver's seat, she twisted the accelerator knob backwards and shifted the turning wheel. The truck spun around, facing the shooters. Flipping the headlights on, she heard someone in the distance cry out. Twisting the accelerator knob as far as it would go, she threw the truck forward, swerving around the group of vehicles that hadn't been there before. A series of shots rang out in the driver's side of the truck. Blinding pain exploded from her side. She clutched her side and the truck careened sideways. Letting go of her side, she grabbed a hold of the steering wheel again hand thick with blood. She threw her other armor in front of Hector and Millie to try and stop them from flying out of the seat. She wouldn't be able to use the accelerator or knob anymore, not that she needed it. Headlights lit up the night behind her. The shooters were coming after them. Pain overflowed inside of Florence as she sideswiped the cars and buildings desperately trying to get the truck to what she wanted. Tears welled up in her eyes. Each impact shot pain through her body like lightning. The Xeno Hospital was close to the human zoo. 
She had to make it there. Everything would be fine if she could just get there. Barreling around the blind corner, she jerked the steering wheel just in time to avoid another car head-on. She should have seen that. Black started creeping into the side of her vision. The car swung around and joined the pursuit, rounding another corner. The back driver's side window shattered behind her head. A giant glowing H hovered in the air above the large building less than a dozen blocks away. More shots hit the truck, metal ricocheting off the metal. The passenger side of the truck jerked up with a loud bang. The Ghanaians had shot out one of her tires, and Florence felt a shot graze her bat shoulder. She clamped down on a scream, her vision tunneled, a pinprick of light at the end of a long tunnel. She put down hard. Her tongue shot blood into her mouth, the tunnel widened. Shots rang out in the front of the truck now too, from the hospital. One of the cars behind her lurched and rolled into the air and burst into flames. Blood slid behind her hand on the steering wheel as she veered out of the way of the fiery car. Shifting her hips, she tried to hip-slam her bullet wound into the truck door, but her hips just wouldn't move. The tunnel shrank. They were nearly there. She could see someone outside the hospital waving at her. She had to get to them. She had to keep Hector and Millie safe. Whatever it took. The tunnel closed around her. End of story.